0: thanks for listening. This is Brian Hurley from Business Performance Improvement. The podcast Lean Six Sigma Bursts are short lessons, comments, Q&A, and insights. If you have a question, send your question through the Anchor app, and we might feature you on a future episode, or contact me at biz-pi.com. For this podcast, I wanted to talk about a problem-solving process course I was developing, and I was putting together some reasons to have this course and in the course, I'm gonna go through um, the Plan, Do, Check, Act, or Plan, Do, Study, Act approach, Demaic, Define, Measure, Analyze, Improve, and, and Control, and the Eight-Step Problem Solving Model, or the 8D approach. And so I was putting together just some reasons why this course might be important. So the traditional approach to problem solving, from my experience and just from other books I've read and topics, is that many problems are solved every day But most of the time, the solutions are identified very quickly based on a a vague problem statement or by a leadership team that is dictating how something should be solved, but they probably don't really know what's going on because they're probably furthest from the problem itself. There's a lot of solutions that are really just band-aids, and they don't really solve the problem. We call that firefighting, just kind of putting out the fire but not really addressing the source of the problem. And most of the time, individuals and teams do not follow a structured approach to arrive at the solution. It's kind of a vague discussion of the problem, and they jump to solutions and hope that one of these ideas everyone kind of agrees to, and they go off and do it. And therefore, a lot of problems don't really get fully resolved, and they recur in the future. Um, Even if they see initial success, maybe it's because people are paying attention to the problem that it goes away, but the real heart of the problem has not been addressed, and so it's going to come back. And so what's wrong with this approach is that you get ineffective solutions that add extra steps and extra activity to your processes, and they don't actually make the process better. It just adds that complexity and a lot of extra work for very little to no benefit. It also gives the illusion that you're solving many problems when, in fact, you're not really solving any of them fully. And so it seems like all these things are getting addressed, but the benefit to the organization is not really happening there. It also drives bad behaviors in a couple areas. You get poor problem statements, and so it's not really well-defining the problem, and people aren't getting practice at defining good problem statements. You're not involving the right people, so the you'll get pushback later because you didn't really understand it, or you'll try to rush it through without involving people in the change management. Or you'll you know frustrate them because they have a better idea and you're not being heard or listened to. They're not getting to the root cause of the problem. So again, they're addressing the symptom and that's not really addressing what will uh, mitigate that from happening in the future. You're not getting a chance to practice and improve the, your use of these improvement tools and analyses. So we're, we're missing an opportunity there to learn and get better at using them. I see a lot of not, um, I see a lot of times that the improvements are never validated to make sure that they actually got done and that they're effective. They just kind of did a bunch of actions and checked off the actions were done, but no one went back to say, did that even work? Did we see the results and or which parts of it actually were effective and which ones were not? And then a lot of short-term discussions, not a lot of long-term view around the improvements. So it may work for a month or so, but what about two months, three months, six months, 12 months? I always like to ask the question, if you were to have new employees come in here, which problems would creep back in? We're also missing opportunities to improve our skills in doing problem solving and developing the skills of others on the team. So when people are problem solving as a team and you're using these tools and following this process, you're teaching through practice others on the team how to do this and they can start to apply it as well. So you don't When you're not following the process and using the tools you're not scaling your knowledge and skills it also takes longer to solve the problem because you're having to go back with the wrong solutions and try something else because you went through that process too quickly or there was no process but you jumped to a solution quickly and now you got to go back and fix it again because you didn't do it right the first time it's also hard to clarify to management how much progress has been made in this process because the communication is lacking. You don't see the a clear definition of where you're at in the process. So it's confusing when you're giving updates on, well, where are they at? Exactly. Are they still defining the problem? Are they already to a point of improving the process? Do they even know what data to collect yet? It's not clear unless you are saying we're in step two of eight, or we're in the measure phase of DMAIC, or we're in the plan phase of PDCA. And so then you're setting unrealistic expectations that you're further, usually it sounds like you're further along than you actually are, and so management is expecting quicker answers soon because you haven't said, you know what, we're still trying to define the problem, or we just started to get our hands on the data and it's not very trustworthy and we need to go back and get new data. So oftentimes the management thinks they're further along when they can't see which step of the process they're in. And then when the problem does recur, which it often does, then you have to go back and spend time looking into it more. So that's another downside. So why don't people follow a structured process? Sometimes the problems are deemed easy or simple. And so, well, do we really need to go through all that detail and structure? and spend all the extra time what they feel like is extra time to go through the formality of it. And sometimes they feel like it's just quicker we we got pressure from management to try to get an answer to them, so why don't we just jump to a solution and say we're on it, we're we're doing these things. But there's no the confidence in those answers is hard to measure and hard to understand. So they hear an answer quickly and they're like, "Okay, good, that team's on it." But what if they're working on the wrong solution? So that's one problem. Also, the problem-solving efforts rarely get reviewed for long-term success. And so, how much data does your organization have on looking back at past problems that have been quote-unquote resolved and checking to see, did they really improve the process or not? I bet that data would be really interesting to look at, the effectiveness of the problem-solving. But I don't think a lot of organizations track that or look at that data. So. Um, Therefore, if you don't know that the problem solving approach that is being done today, which is probably very informal, you don't know that it's not working very well. And so there's a false confidence that this informal approach, not having to follow the process works. So what do we need to change for? So if that data was available to show that, you know, 20 to 30% of these solutions are actually effective and the other 70% are ineffective, that would be pretty eye opening and tell people that hey, the way we're solving problems is not working today. And sometimes when you guess that's a solution and jump to a solution, it can work. You know, there's a lot of knowledge and experience about the process already. So it's not saying that, you know, jumping to a solution won't work. It does. And that gives us a false sense of confidence that it'll work most of the time. When in fact, it probably only works a a much lower percentage of the time. And then a lot of people have never been trained or coached on how to do proper problem solving and using a problem solving process and using the tools. And so that's something that, um, you know, I'm really passionate about is making people go through that process to learn it so that they can decide when the right time to use it and apply it. But if you don't understand the process and don't understand the tools, you're going to default to saying it's not applicable this time. So um, but you, so you, but you have to practice that to be able to then decide, is this problem easy enough that we can don't need to go through formality? Um, but a lot of people just make that decision because of the lack of experience in these tools and techniques. So I hope that was helpful. Again, I highly recommend that if your organization does not have a standard process to follow, there's many different problem solving models you can pick from like 8D or PDCA or DMAIC. Just pick one and go with it and then use it and learn from it. And so that's something that I would highly encourage you to do is have some standard approach so that everyone's speaking the same language and we start to learn how to problem solve better. Hope that was helpful. Let me know if you have any questions. You can contact me through the Anchor app and you can leave a voice message or you can reach me through my website at biz-pi.com. Thanks. Lean Six Sigma Definition.com has a list of glossary items about popular process improvement terms, along with the history of lean and Six Sigma methods, and key influencers like Dr. Edward Stemming, Henry Ford, Taiichi Ono, Shigeo Shingo, and many more. You can also learn how to access affordable lean and Six Sigma training and certification. Visit Lean Six Sigma Definition.com.